Your friends depend on you. Oh, oh for no. solid advice. <laughs> Tasty. <sighs> Sustenance. We're doing great so far. This is a good start. This is getting kept. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about an artist or a band, this time an artist. This week we're talking about Fiona Apple. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler. And again, we are talking about Fiona Apple. How did everybody feel about Fiona Apple and listening to Fiona Apple? Sad. Sad. Yeah. Not in like a... Like a man, this music sure is so bad that it makes me sad. But no, it's like a, music. it's just, it makes you sad. It's depressing. It it can be in fact depressing, but it can also be empowering. Yeah. How about everybody else? I didn't think it was depressing. Okay. Just sounded like more complex Elton John. More <laughs> complex Elton John. All right. That's a take, Jared. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Nothing else? It was fine? Yep. <laughs> Great. Where do we go? Uh, let's see. Where's a good place to start? I mean, I guess we need to talk about the debut just in general. So she recorded the debut when she was like 18. 17. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She recorded it when she was 17. I think it was just released when she was 18. Could be. I know she was. There was an 18 somewhere in that in that whole story about the whole debut. Yeah, she My, was very young. She was very young. And she had already endured quite a lot. Do you want to talk about that, Dex? She had a very depressing childhood. Yes. Uh, she w- was raped, which, you know, is a thing. And then after that, she had some eating disorders. Uh, to uh, She didn't want to be bait, is the way it was worded. Yeah. Which is just... It's rough to hear about. It's sad. Yeah. And, I, I mean, she talked basically about uh, how doing the album was like when she wrote music it wasn't something that like she like did just like for fun like it was something that like she like felt like she had to do like it was like this method of like getting out her feelings about everything that she had experienced Mm. which is some again some sad stuff yeah but how does it translate into the music what do you guys think she said it didn't she said that she didn't write about that that trauma she said, it doesn't get into the writing. It's a boring pain. It's such a fucking old pain that, you know, there's nothing poetic about it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's how it did it. It didn't do it. Well, I mean, I guess more was what I'm trying to ask is, like, how did, like, I guess what she experienced, not necessarily like that experience. I'm more saying her experiences, how did they build up to her music? Uh, from my from my take, I think that, and I understand the idea that this music is at times sad, but I do stand by the idea that it's it is very empowering. I guess from what I read, she didn't really want to write more music after she got going. She only kept going because of uh, the fans' reaction after title, uh, after Pawn, I think. Yeah, well, that one's better anyway. You like Pawn better? Yeah, I think it's. I think that I thought I, I like Title and I thought I liked it most, but I don't. I think I like Pawn more. D- okay, before when you say Pawn, what album are we talking about specifically? Win the Pawn. Uh, Win the Pawn. Or other. 
I, okay, so it was – how long was it the longest title ever? From 2001 to 2007. Thank you. So the the title is a poem that Fiona Apple wrote. It is uh, – full title of the album is – when the pawn hits the conflict, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight. And he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. That is such a long album title, Oof. but I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool concept. How is it stylized on the physical media? On the the album cover? Yeah. It shows when the pawn as like the kind of like main few words yeah. and then the rest of the words kind of blend into the mm. picture with her face. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It looks oh, pretty I cool. see it. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So the whole album title is on the cover, but it's you know, it's long. Clever. It's real long. I'm surprised that you like that more. I mean, I could see that because if you think about like just learning to be a better musician and like I heard getting better sound. musically, yeah. Getting was... better musically, yeah. Like just becoming a better musician, I guess, is typical from a debut to the next That's record. That's true. But I normally like the early people's early albums better though. Yeah. Because of the rawness. Rawness. Rawr. But yeah, it, I mean that album is pretty raw. It's still I, raw, but the the debut is definitely like I don't know. It's not. It's interesting because I think that she has a raw sound throughout her discography. Other than Extraordinary Machine, I think that that one there's a a long story to that album, and I'll get to it closer like when we start talking that album more. Uh, but for the most part, her albums have not a lot of heavy production, other than just her piano and then. Some additional instrumentation. Yeah, percussion. Yeah, a lot of percussion. She does like her percussion, especially on the last album. I feel like there was a lot of percussion as like elements on that last album. So criminal, huh? That music video. Yeah, I like. Okay, so the story of criminal is also very interesting. Yeah. I like. Uh, let me. So that uh, that song was written because the record label essentially said that there weren't any like definitive hits on the album. And so she wrote it in 45 minutes. She's like, fuck you. She pulled a nickel back. She, she said, I can write a hit. I know how that shit works. <laughs> she, said, she said that. And then she wrote a song in 45 minutes and ended up being like her most popular song. That is, that is the most popular one. Like, It's true. It, that is a total nickelback. You just say, I know how to write a hit song. I don't want to write hit songs. It's not what I do, but I can do it. Watch me go. Yeah. Boom, I did it. So this is Fooled one of the- everyone. Fooled everyone did. This is one of the major uh, questions that I have. I feel like throughout her career, there was constantly this like pressure to write hits. She was kind of like she was supposed to be some kind of pop icon in the label's mind, at least from my perspective. Mm -hmm. There was this whole idea that everything that she had to do was to make money and to like be a, a, a solid figure on the label which is what labels do anyways that's just what you expect from a label is to try and make money but what do you think in terms of that kind of treatment how does that pressure do for an artist's psyche i guess does that question make sense i think that played into her not wanting to make music anymore yeah i think the, the only reason she came back being the fans i think that's 
what she had to deal with. Right. Like, if that wasn't an issue, she probably just would have kept doing stuff. Right. Well, yeah. I don't know, but it's kind of nice. I guess in some ways it might be nice if they want you to do that, so then you can save, you can spread your creative bits over a course of multiple albums and just put some garbage in there in between. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Mm. So I'm going to get a little bit into the third album, just the story behind it, because it kind of speaks to this. So that album was... Extraordinary Machine. Yes, Extraordinary Machine, third album. It was recorded in, let me see, I'm trying to remember what oh, year it was. Oh, five. Is it release? So what? Oh four? No, it was recorded in like oh three. Oh man. And so what happened was was that the album was delayed for a really long time because the label didn't like the way I think the the producer was John Bryan. Yes. And they like they didn't it was Fiona Apple's like longtime friend. Mm -hmm. They he basically asked her to make the album. And what happened was was that they made it the record label didn't really love it, so Fiona Apple basically went into the studio. She tried to remix the songs. She tried to fix the songs, and then the album got leaked. So there's a leak version of the the album, the John Bryan production version that's, like, on YouTube. The bootleg. Yeah, like a bootleg version of this album, and that, like, really caused issues in terms of, like, wanting to get the album out, and they finally got the album out in two. 2005. 2005. 2005. There's so, still a couple tracks that were the original mix on the final album, aren't there? I think so, but I most of them, if not almost all of them, were pretty heavily like mixed and changed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was pressure from the label to have it sound different than what it did. Mm -hmm. And that led into what happened on the fourth album, which again has a really long title, and I will say it now. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. That's a, I like that one. I like that one as I well. I like that one. I like that yeah. one more. I, I also like that one more. Less reading. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for less reading. Well, so, I, don't, I don't know why these musicians keep making me read things. It's not what you're supposed to You're supposed to make me listen to right. things. Your lyrics shouldn't be words. It should just be various notes and vowel sounds. Ooh, mm. all right. I'd like to hear that album. I'll let you know when I drop it. All right, late. thank you. Whenever I do. Please do. So on, on the Idler Wheel, what happened with that album was was that she actually went into the studio and didn't tell the record like label that she was making an album. She just went in, she recorded all the songs, she came to them and said, here's the album, I'm done. Nice. So like, rather than like hearing all the pressure and like dealing with everything that was associated with it, she ended up just like making everything on her own and saying like this is the finished product using the label studio. I don't I don't know about that actually. I she may I know that so like not to not to spoil anything but she's actually working on new music. I saw something about how she's working on new music but not on Epic. But she's doing it at home, I think. Like I saw a couple videos of her like just working at a home studio kind of thing. Hmm. So, I don't know if that's what she did with Idler Wheel or not, but yeah, I, I know that she would come in and out and like of the studio and just like be recording things, but I, I don't know for sure if it was like the record label studio because that would have obviously been fishy. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just was looking on my phone. Yes. I can do that. Yes. As to what labels all of those were on. But the last three were on, they're all on Sony parent, you know, parent company. But the first one was on Capital and then the rest were on Epic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering who is Epic getting all pushy or is Sony getting all pushy? I don't know. It's a good question. It is it's interesting when there's different layers to yeah. it, so you don't know who's the one. I would say 
I would have to say probably like Epic is under the guise of Sony. Like Sony is pressuring them, who's pressuring the artists. I'm trying to think of who else is on Epic to be like comparison of what they've done. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I think Modest Mouse released one, I think one or two on Epic, but I don't know who else did. I don't know. Whatever. Dumb Epics. Michael Jackson. Yeah? Fuel. There you go. French Montana, Fiona Apple, Sarah Bareilles, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, they're hit so machines. On. And so, Celine for Dion, Buster Rhymes, Rick Ross, so who? DJ Khaled, Judas Priest. Oh, that's a, there you go. That's their, their shy away from the norm, Judas Priest. Pearl Jam. Rage Against oh, the yeah, Machine. Pearl Jam Let's just keep there. this going. Your friend Franz Ferdinand is there. Oh, oh my God. Used Later, though. Listen, I you should listen to him in your basement. Domino. Didn't you? I don't. It, what? Your no. friends wouldn't let you. No. They didn't want to be I didn't have a friends' friends. Had, oh, that was a good one. I didn't have a basement, though, but I just listened to him, you know. I thought it was in your friend's basement. Remember you talked about that on My Chemical Romance. My, I, at my friend's house, I listened to them. Not in the basement, in the back room that they converted from a screened-in porch into a living area. It was not under the ground, is what you're trying to say. No, it was not underground. So back to the question. I was underground. Back to the question. So you can see from third album how much of, like, I, I guess, I don't know, like, musically-wise, I think that the third album was the one that struggled the most because there was obviously so much that had to be put into just trying to get that album out. And a lot of that comes down to the record label being like, hey, we have to have hits on this album. We have to put out something that sounds like interesting and poppy and is going to sell records and whatever. And from all that pressure, you get something like that album, which is still objectively good because it's Fiona Apple. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I like all of Fiona Apple's music. Shocker. Then, yeah, shocker indeed. I mean, I do. I, I I constantly talk about how much I love female singer songwriters. So why would I not yeah. like Fiona Apple? I think Fiona Apple's good. But, I like it all. But I think that Basically. album is the weakest, and I think that the album that has her as the forefront the most, which is Idler Wheel, where she goes in, she records on her own, and she's not pressured, is her best album. So, Questlove drummed on Extraordinary Machine. He did. Oh. oh. On two tracks. That's interesting. From the roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to see. So it's weird because she wrote, she started writing at a young age. Right. Super young. But very young. 12. Eight. But title came out on a major what? label. So, there, and there's no precursor mm-hmm. music. So, what happened there? I don't know. That's a really good question. I have not totally figured it out. I know that she just basically brought a demo to them. She sought out a major label or, or you know, like it's just weird because you, you've created music or whatever. And so this is going to be your debut essentially because you don't have any EPs. You don't have anything released prior to that that I saw. So she gave her demo tape to her friend who was the babysitter for music publicist Catherine Schneck- Schechner. Then passed the tape to Sony Music, and then Apple's ability captured his attention. Slater signed her to a record deal. Hmm. Wikipedia interesting, away. yeah. And then so and then just thank God for babysitters. I guess, but it's just weird because you don't, you know, like a lot of people, you do your own thing on your early music before mm-hmm. the label starts to force you to do a bunch of dumb stuff, right? 
and this time you didn't, and now you just have a debut release with nothing the opposite before way. it. Yeah, it's like it's just weird. The lineage is weird of the whole thing. I don't know if it, it comes down to potentially the climate of the 90s to a certain degree in terms of there's no really ability to... It was it was much more difficult at that time to just release music on your own. You had to kind of go to a label or had to go to a studio or something of that nature to be able to put out something like that. You might have certain artists who are able to have like really scratchy demo tapes that like like a Nirvana who released their debut Bleach. that just sounds just raw and messy, but like. I don't. I don't know how easy it was for an artist, like especially like an eighteen-year-old or a seventeen-year-old, well, to like, just like I'm gonna go record my own album. Here you, I go. You got like small regional labels or something. Like that's what happened with like Bleach's record is released on a regional label, or you know, Sub Pop wasn't always so big, right? You know what I'm saying? So, and you can normally get in there, people who like just need to release stuff to make money and whatever it is, and do whatever. But this, there's just nothing here. Where's she from? She is from. She was born in New York. Oh, well, there you go. He done messed up there. Get out of there. Upper, she did. Upper West Side of Manhattan. Yeah, you're not going to find any little places there. She moved to L.A. There. to live with that her dad. That didn't help. That's not helping. She moved to L.A. to live with her dad, who was in Sesame Street. What? what? Yeah, he's the one to talk about this. Yep. Her dad was on um, Sesame Street as a Buddy and the Buddy and Jim sketches. In the wow. in the first season of Sesame Street, nineteen sixty nine. That makes me happy. James Catuzzi is his name. Catuzzi, Catuzzi. That's joyful. Yeah. I watched. So that's her dad because her full name is Fiona Apple McAfee Maggart. Her well, sister maybe. is Maud Maggart. Maud Maggart, cabaret Maggart. singer. Mm-hmm. Maud with a U. Yeah. Like the old woman. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So I'll talk about another, here's another just question that kind of came to my mind as I was listening to the music. So with Fiona Apple, I, like you mentioned, what did you say about Elton John? Sounds like Elton John, but better and more complex. Complex Elton John. Yeah, it's complex Elton John. What's the complexity to it? Is it? <laughs> it's not even really complex. It's just that it's not all the same major key yeah. pop tunes. Yeah. It's just not pop. Elton John. So I think that from my perspective, the complexity of Fiona Apple is in the songwriting, where a lot of her music is very heavily driven by like poetry mm-hmm. and the way that she like spins a web with the words and stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Web. So like what do you do you how much do you focus on the lyrics and that in, involved when you're listening to music? Like, do you kind of focus more on the actual music? Or how much does, like, the songwriting play into your enjoyment of music, I guess? I listen to the lyrics very little, usually. I mostly listen to the music. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to have the same thing happen. I can listen to a song uh, a hundred times, and I will not know what they're saying. Well, maybe you should listen a little closer I like the lyrics. It's fun, especially if they're really good lyricists. It depends mm-hmm. on the type, though. Well, if it some... stands out, it stands out. That's the thing. I'm, I'm listening close enough to where if you if you're singing things that you know stand out, then that's interesting. But if you're just singing whatever, then it doesn't. I don't pay much attention to it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, but I still hear it. 
most music I don't listen to the lyrics. Folky, like acousticy type stuff. I might. Her, I didn't really though. What about hip hop? I just kind of let it slide. Well, hip hop, it depends. You, how can you not listen to them? That's like a majority of the it sound. It depends. Mm-hmm. That's true. I and mean, it's very I, strong. No, I, I listen to them. I just don't like. When we did Fugazi, did you listen to the lyrics? No. Well, then you all you got zero political beneficial from any of that. <laughs> None. It is. I I would say I feel like you end up missing out on a lot on Fiona Apple if you don't focus on the lyrics. Yeah, there are certain artists where the lyricism. Look at like Stuff John. It's the same. If you don't listen to his lyrics. Yeah. Let's play. have some bad, bad, bad news, boy. Let's play any any one of our favorite songs, and I think any of those songs you'd be able to to see how much the music is driven not just by her voice, but also the way that she writes the song. Can I play mine? Yes. Get gone. You got your game, made your shot, and you got away with a lot, but I'm not turned on. So put away that meat you're selling Cause I do know what's good for me And I've done what I could for you But you're not benefiting And yet I'm sitting Singing again Sing, sing again How can I deal with this? If you won't get with this I'm not gonna heal from this I don't know how you can't listen to the lyrics on that. I mean, yeah, the music is just a textural backdrop for what she's trying to put forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess so, but I don't. It just didn't. The lyrics didn't hit me. Like I was listening more to the the composition of it than. Well, there's not. It's the composition like is textural. That's like if you're like, oh man, I love poetry, but I like the pages the most. <laughs> poetry is really fun, but what I what I mostly prefer is you know they every once in a while if it's a long poem they put a little picture on the first page. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where it's at. I don't know. Like I think that certain music certainly, certainly, certainly you don't necessarily have to pay attention to the lyricism, especially with I mean especially with like pop music. Like oh, that's good. M- most pop music is so just straightforward and not interesting in terms of lyricism but the production is really clean and that ends up being what makes it popular Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you write about you can write about anything but you have it sound good and you're done and but but this is not that kind of pop music by any means and again like you were talking about tyler huge on just percussion and piano and vocals yeah well didn't you like that was a good clip because there was a portion where the music stops because she's got one word to say, and it's important. Did you, listen to, that? Did you listen to that one word? I don't remember a single one word phrase. she said. Oh, my God. She said meat. Did you hear that? That was in there. You, I don't know how you can't listen to it on that. I really don't, because that's what it is. The The music is pushing <laughs> you. It's just pushing you to listen to what she's saying. Like, it's that's what it is. That's the whole point of it. It just didn't work for me. Like, when you go to see, to have you ever seen a play before? Yes. He's getting up. Are you watching the actors? Or are you looking at all the pretty stuff behind them? Look at that. Look the at all the design pretty is stuff. amazing. <laughs> it's really good, which you can be really good, but sometimes some plays have one. I love that backdrop. paper that paper mache tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you go to a high school performance, that look, I can see the brush strokes in every bit of it. So 
but I'm still staring at it. I don't care what these people are talking about up here. No. I'm glad I brought up this question. <laughs> well, in this case, it's just like, really, you have, you have to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She's just an extraordinary poet. I mean, you can see that in just the fact that, like, her album titles are, like, poems that she wrote and her her lyricism again like is it's so the music is so heavily driven not just by her like interesting vocal style but also by what she is saying and i agree like i don't know i feel like you would end up missing out if you just kind of listened to it idly and didn't really try and pay attention to what she was trying to say i didn't like it that i was okay with it but you know it didn't connect with me that much yeah because you're not that's because you're not you can't find you haven't found the woman inside of you. Ooh, God! You gotta let that woman inside you come out. Ugh. Don't word anything <laughs> anyway. like that again. Let's move on from that. Yeah, the po- poetry poetry is like about taking words, the sound of words, right? The way words sound and and making it into something where audibly it's not just words; it's got something else to it. You know, you have meter and you have texture to it, right? So when you find someone who's good with lyrically and poetically. It's like word music. It's like word, word music, music, man. <laughs> and everyone should listen to it's, it. It's mysterious shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Thanks, God. DJ Khaled. So, okay, Tyler, you said your favorite album is Win the Pawn. Mm-hmm. I already said that my favorite album is Idler Wheel. Dax and Jared, what are your favorite albums? I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Jared's is title. Probably. Probably my favorite is title. Why? Why? Because it was the most alternative rock and post-grunge. And I like that kind of stuff. That makes sense. What would be a favorite song on your end? Is it, is it what I think it is? No, it's not that. Oh, one. so it's not Criminal? Okay. No, I don't want to pick that one because everybody's going to be mean to me about it. Well, pick the other Jared, one. Pick, so the, I'm picking. pick the Elton John song on that album. The Elton John? Is it Shadowbox? Yes, it is. No, I'm not picking that one either. I'm picking... Every single night. That song, let me say a couple things. Got some things. According to the lead vocalist of Panic at the Disco, Brister Brendan Urie, Every Single Night was the inspiration for his 2003 hit song, Miss Jackson, which was originally named Bad Apple after Fiona Apple. What did you say, 2003? He's talking. Oh, I thought you said 2003. Go ahead. He did say 2003. Okay, because he was talking about Outcast to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) It was not Stankonia or something. I'm sorry. After Fiona Apple, who rejected usage of of a sample from her song, I don't know what song it was, but it might have been Every Single Night. But that song, Every Single Night, chronicles what Apple used to dream every night. It's a fight with my brain. That's what she said. That's what she said. Those are the best fights. Little worms of white flame, butterflies in my brain. These ideas of mine percolate the mind, trickle down the spine, swarm the belly, swelling to a blaze. That's where the pain comes in, like a second skeleton trying to fit beneath the skin. I can't fit the feelings in. That makes me want coffee. <laughs> That's an Why interesting is that? take. 
She said percolate. Oh, yeah, she did. And, and trickle, which oh. is what happens in a percolator. Percolate. Percolate. Yeah, listen. You hear the texture in those lyrics there, pal? <laughs> He's coming on hard again. I also like that song because it sounds the most like uh, Florence and the Machine. Oh. They sound like her, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, like I, she, yeah. she came first, but... But I also, I mean, this song came what, out. What in came what? first, the Apple of a Machine? Mm. Ooh. What? When did that album come out? Like 2012. Then yeah, I, I mean, sh- that album came out after Florence and the Machine started, but obviously they took a lot of you know stylistic things from her as well. So yeah, there's a you. Can, but she's uh, like, oh, you wanna to you it. wanna be like me, right. Jungle Book? Then I'm gonna you know do it better, and then she. She did. Man, way to show them up. I could find a lot of things in there that sound like different stuff. Nope. Uh, Regina Spector. Regina Spector, definitely. Yep. Yep. And uh, even uh, when you get to some other some other things, sound like Jack Johnson as well. He the way that he utilizes um, his lyrics in terms of the way things flow in mm-hmm. his songs. A little bit of that coming out in there. What do you, What do you get off of Dax? Other influences or influenced by pass. Wow. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Come on. Since you're working the board there, one. why don't you go ahead and just turn yourself right down? <laughs> uh, will do. <laughs> on September 19, 2012, Fiona Apple was arrested at an international border patrol checkpoint in Sierra Blanca, Texas, and charged with possession, possession of hashish. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How dare she huh. possess hashish in Texas? She also had a link to a relationship with the magician David Blaine. Oh, oh, what? Oh, that's wonderful. That's oh, fun. Do you, huh? do you think any of our songs are about him? I hope. so. I hope not. Like a Taylor Swift situation. I don't think she did that. I think this but one. Maybe is. just one. What is this? I'll tell you in a second. I want to see if she says it. That worked out too well, and I'm happy. The album, the album, when upon was cultivated during uh, Fiona Apple's relationship with film director director Paul Thomas Anderson. You know him? Yeah, she dated him. He directed movies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey oh, what What, movies? uh, Some decent ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's got three names. Yeah. Yeah. Which movies though? He directed There Will Be Blood. That's one. That's a great, oh, great movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, a good movie. <laughs> Boogie Nights. I drink your milkshake. I Punch. drink it up. <laughs> Punch drunk. I taught that to my people at work, and now one of the guys likes to play it for people when they, you know, when he wants to exert his dominance. How did that not clip? I don't know, man. Because I moved back from the microphone briefly. Like he also that. directed okay. a lot of music Ooh. videos. The proximity effect. Ooh, did somebody say music videos? He directed her music video, Hot Knife. There you go. Whoa. Hey, wait a second. Hot knife. But that but that's my favorite song from Fiona Apple. Oh my. Oh wow. A cinema skull scream show in the dancing bird of paradise. He excites me. Must be like the Genesis of rhythm. I get first. 
Reminded me of that the, the song with the the horse and the, like a cherry tree or something. Woo-hoo. Oh, Ooh. Casey Dunstall. Casey Tunstall, yeah. yeah. I think kind of reminded me summer. of her. Dax only listened to just the little drum beats that were going on yeah. in the background. There's by the nothing way, nothing else happening. <laughs> oh well. Every so. once in a while, he's like, "Are they? Did I hear a? Ooh, ooh. No, no. Oh, there's some piano. There it is. Okay, Uh-oh. you can hear that now. So here's a question that I had, and I, I don't know if anybody has a take on this, and that's perfectly fine if you don't. When it comes to Fiona Apple, and maybe even just music in general, what do you get off of the take of less is more? Do you think that you want to hear something that's like a lot more complex, or do you want to hear something that's... So let's take an album like Idler Wheel, where it's such a stripped-down album, you have so little to that album outside of just piano and her vocals there's it's just stripped down simple less is more in my opinion and then on other albums you get a lot of like production you get a lot of different like symphonic and like big elements cinematic elements which one do you think does more for fiona apple's music and which one do you just kind of prefer in general dieter rams who was a designer for braun in the mid-century has ten rules of design, of good design. Okay. He was German. Jared is laughing already for no reason. <laughs> Tyler comes in with what sounds to be an intelligent thought, and Jared just starts crying in laughter. Don't make... I can't make a reference to anything else. There's nothing else outside of the Muzak. Uh, anyway, one of his rules is good design is as little design as possible, mm-hmm. which can be translated to many artistic things. If you really, if you can master one specific, like medium or something like that, then you can make it interesting on its own. And then if you have someone who can master another one, and you can layer them. So my point is, like, I think that always less is more is is important and the most useful, and probably I would prefer it. But it's about understanding how to utilize certain things in there, right? Um, if you just throw a bunch of crap into it because you want to get a lot of stuff in there, you want to try to be complex. It's always when you're trying to be complex or do something that you make it sound like too much, right? So, but for her because she's because her lyrics are the like the main focus and because she knows how to write words that make music themselves or words that make sounds or words that propel in a specific direction. They, like what she's saying can be I was waiting for What that. she's saying can be directional. Um, and then the piano is just something to continue to push it as well. So I think for her, that works really well. But, and then if you look at another artist, like our other female artist that we've talked about, who's Birk, who her lyrics, I mean, her lyrics are sometimes interesting, but it's not driven by the lyrics. It's driven by the sounds and the textures and the music. Then you want to see something more complex, I guess. Mm -hmm. Jared? I don't know. I I don't really like simplicity, I guess. I don't like um like cold back um music that much. Like I like bigger sounds a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I prefer more 
Okay. That's what I say. What about with Fiona Apple specifically? What do you think worked better? Do you think so, I mean, I guess your favorite album was Title and that was one that like had a lot more like production elements to it, so it makes sense, but 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 I I mean, for her it works more. It works better with her later stuff like the critical acclaim. I guess it depends on what you prefer. Which she obviously prefers more critical acclaim than than traditional pop success for or traditional sure. um, you know, charts. Like she could put out an album tomorrow and like drop it secretly and it would get a lot of traction on pitchfork but the likelihood of it getting number one on billboard is pretty low because nobody even really knows who she is right now sure in terms of like well it's been seven years since she released any music and other than nobody really listened i mean it was nominated for grammys and you know people like her yeah that like good you know good critically acclaimed music Mm mm-hmm but she's not gonna beat Lil Nas X on the Hot 100, you no, know. So no, she's not. I mean, nobody little... likes that. Nobody is no into... one's going to beat Lil Nas Every... X. I know some things about that now. Mm. Everybody that currently is putting out records um, is—they're not even doing what they're good at. I guess, like Ed Sheeran put out that crappy you know the, the collaborative album collaborative album like he his first record worst album of the year i've heard his first record had such simple like lego house is it just a very simple ballad and he's not doing that anymore he's trying like the last album he's trying to do more dancey upbeat stuff and even the like the people that were that kind of got their teeth in the game by doing those things like sam smith who's another one that did um ballads and piano pop music now is doing dance stuff like nobody's say bastille another group that i like that like their first record was simple i mean they had some big stuff but uh, the songs i liked from it were simple ballad piano stuff and they're not doing that they're in their dance band now that does club stuff so right. nobody's doing what they were before so you like less is more than maybe uh-huh. it sounded like uh-huh. it. it sounded like it's it to a me. shift towards the end yeah that's why you stick with what you know what you're good at and what you know and if you want to do something you don't know then you're gonna to have to do a little bit of work to figure it out before you make good music like that for sure and again okay so let's go back to the ed sheeran example that you use ed sheeran he's not a bad musician at all no he's a he's a good singer he's a good like, guitarist he's a good can... actor we saw him in the movie <laughs> yesterday we hey did dude. we did hey dude that's the movie hey. you saw that movie yeah, the movie did. yesterday the, the beatles yeah. film or the, oh. the beatles like film i suppose just like across the universe with the no took all the beatles music and ruined it no, not like that. Oh, good. Well, he... Well, well yeah, I guess kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Right. Uh, Thanks hey, for saving me the eight bucks on the ticket. You're welcome. Don't watch Lion King, everyone. Don't go see it. Go see it. Oh, anyways. You've already seen it before. It's fine. Um, oh, the chair is wearing a Lion King hat, I just realized. I was not paying <laughs> That's attention. That's an original one, though. It's from the, the musical. Ooh. Oh, it says a musical on the wow. back. And it says VIP. Ooh, Whoa. my goodness. I take it off, but my head tones are on here. So Ed Sheeran, like, is a good musician, is a good songwriter. Is a good band. Is a good band, as voted by. Uh, but it it turned out to be a thing where... <laughs> what? What? Why are you giving going. me that face? You can keep going. I didn't do anything. You give me a face. 
It just is a good band. I was just judging it. Continue. Okay. Yeah, Ed Sheeran is a good artist. He's not a band. He's a person that sings. Well, I thought he was just making a reference to good band, bad band. He was. Yeah. I was, well, yes. That's fine. Yeah. That's the whole point. Our sister podcast, good band, bad band. Go listen to that. Anyway. Anyways. But then he shifts into this pop realm of music, like on the collaborative record, where he's just chunking out hits. That's all he's doing. He's doing all these weird, I guess, interesting production elements and different things on his music, but only in the realm of it being a pop song. It's not a good song. It's just something that would sell. And if you strip it back and you have Ed Sheeran be the musician that he's supposed to be, then you get something good. And yeah. It's like DJ Khaled. Definitely. I guess. But pop, you know what? Pop is not uh, interesting. Pop is predictable. Right. That's why people like pop the way they like it. Right. Comfortable. Right. Art pop is interesting because art pop takes the elements of pop pop and makes makes different things art right right so which fiona is more is closer to art pop right in that in that respect sure she's also i mean here's another thing that i want to talk about too a little bit and we don't have to get like super deep into it but it's just something that i've thought about is just the moniker of singer songwriter because that's sometimes what she's labeled as is just a singer songwriter and that is such a broad term in just the the idea that so like you might have a singer songwriter like Fiona Apple, but you also might have a singer songwriter like Neil Young, like Father John Misty, mm-hmm. like Cheryl Crow. Like there's so many different people that could fall under the realm of singer songwriter, and I or like Cohen. that umbrella. Cohen right. is a good example as well. Yeah, it's a well, the umbrella is interesting because it make. But the problem is, is when I hear a lot of people hear singer songwriter, they want to jump to like the '60s and '70s. And like a folk-based musical stuff, yeah, and that which is obviously not all what there is, and it could mean all kinds of different things. I mean, what is? I mean, Suf John's another good example. Yeah, Suf John, Suf John wouldn't do that. Suf John, Suf John, Steven, Stuvin, that singer-songwriter as well, with lots of writers. Yeah, you know, but it's a, I don't know, I like to I like to put people in specific places. Like art pop. You over there. Yeah. You over there. Get over there in that box. I'm going to tape it. <laughs> that works for her. Singer-songwriter works. This world is bullshit. <laughs> and you shouldn't model your life. Oh Wait a God. second. Oh, is this from MTV? You shouldn't model your... Yes. Oh, you ruined it. You just... I was trying to do a thing. <laughs> trying to do art. We'll try it again. art. <laughs> Listen. She said at the 1997 VMA acceptance speech, this world is bullshit. You shouldn't model your life. Wait a second. You shouldn't model your life about what you think that we think is cool and what we're wearing and what we're saying and everything. Go with yourself. That's inspiring. Deep. Which world? The MTV world or the world as a whole? I think the world has ass a whole. Wow. Ooh. I think Fiona Apple's a cool gal. That's pretty cool of her to say, but how dare she say that about me? It's rude of her. You know who I kind of think of with that in the current music spectrum? Hmm. Miss Billie Eilish. I would agree with that. Like, even though they're kind, I mean, they're different. I do, I do find a a kind of a a semblance to what Billie Eilish is doing right now to what Fiona Apple is doing then, and even still now. But I think that they kind, you know, like. 
I don't know if Billie Eilish likes Fiona Apple, but I would not be surprised if she did. Yeah. yeah. They started a, at the same age, right? Yep. That's yes. a pretty Fugazi. Eilish is 17. It's a pretty Fugazi thing to say by Fiona. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just saying. Just All right, saying. fine. Pretty Jello Biafra thing to say. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I do agree with you, though, Jared. Like, it's just the idea of pushing the envelope, uh, of becoming a popular artist and then taking that position and kind of pushing away the idea of, like, be be who you want to be, be yourself, don't necessarily. But she went and got the award. But she did. Yeah. That's what I'm like, how can you decide, what's your, how do you decide to do it? And then you're going to do that and that works, but still. How else would she have used that platform? You couldn't, because the social media probably wasn't at a point where you know you could just not go and be like, "I'm not going because everyone sucks." Yeah, no, you couldn't. You could, you maybe leave a voicemail. I don't right. know. Yeah, I called every. I voice called. I have every phone book in the world. Okay, well, I got play? a thing. I want to. I want to play. I'd like to show you, but I don't think I can. So. Come on. <laughs> what Spoil is that? It. Spoil it. <laughs> it was a Chipotle ad. <laughs> what was that? That's, oh, the, that, that's the reaction I was hoping oh, I would get. Oh, come on. I mean, it was not commercial, and oh, it was commercial as hell. Yeah, what? Oh, dude. Yep. Oh, Chipotle. Ripping and out. then I, f- I found another song. You know what's the secret ingredient in Chipotle's food? My soul. Oh. They just ripped it right out, and they're feeding it to all their customers. Okay. <laughs> Here's the song. I won't play very much of it, but... Who's this? Clarice or Roberta? This is Clarice. Oh, what's up, Clarice? What do you need? I want to come on over there and get some of that sweet love. Oh, so you want to come over and get it? Yeah, I definitely want to come over and get it. So, what you're saying is that perhaps you might want to come over and get it. 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 Hello everybody, yeah, putting on my Axe Body Spray with my turtleneck on, sucking it off 2006 style, just taking the wrapper off the lollipop, ready to suck it off. It's Friday night, and it's time to party. Oh, let's try to get to the part where she's in. Okay, dude. Oh, me a fanny pack. In the corner, I walk across the room and say, girl, I gotta warn you. If you show me your fanny pack, I'll show you my fanny. If you show me your fanny pack, I'll show you my fanny. If you want me to get with you. Does anybody want to take a wild guess at who that is? Was that John LaJoey? Nope. Did you see who it was? No, I I didn't see it was in 2006. Fiona Apple appeared on the jo- on the joke track "Come Over and Get It Up and Dem Guts" with comedian Zach Galifianakis. Oh, oh yep. my god! He was also what was the music video that he was in? 
He was in, in a, the music video for "Not About Love." Oh, yeah, man. that is a good. That was almost my favorite he song. Was, he also him and Bonnie and Prince Billy did a music video for Kanye. Can't tell me nothing. Mm, where they're mm. riding around on tractors and things. Ooh, Will Oldham. Jared, do you those. want to talk about Marilyn Manson too? Oh uh, yes, I will that, do that. Give well, me one I was, moment. I was pretty tormented by that because a couple nights ago I had a dream in which I had a fanny pack and oh, people no. were giving me a bunch of crap about it. Well, you know like, what? what is that? I'm like, if you show bro. Fiona Apple your fanny pack, she'll show you her fanny. I'm down with that deal. See, you would have missed that, Dax, if you weren't listening to the lyrics. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten that part. <laughs> she also See, did she a song. She proposed a deal to anyone who listens to her lyrics, and I'm going to take it up, <laughs> and you won't even know it's there. She did an anti-Trump song called Tiny Hands. <laughs> <laughs> Can you find right. that? <laughs> that got me. Oh, that got me good. Ooh, I clipped. I'm sorry. It's playing. Oh, you're playing it already. I'll go back. Come on, come on, come on. Grab another pussy. Grab another pussy. We don't want your tiny hands anywhere near our underpants. We don't want your tiny hands anywhere near our underpants. We don't want your tiny hands anywhere near our underpants. We don't want your tiny hands anywhere near our underpants. That was a chant for the women's march. Interesting. I like the yeah. idea of someone being really artistic and interesting and like poetic, and then they just do really dumb shit too. She did a cover of Sally's song from uh, Nightmare on Christmas or a Nightmare, <laughs> on, Elm, Nightmare, Elm Nightmare on Elm Street Christmas. <laughs> No, a nightmare. The nightmare before Christmas. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And uh, let's see what else. We I got like here. this is Jared's obscure corner. Here's a quote by Mr. Marilyn Manson. I hate this so much. By the way, <laughs> he was speaking about Fiona Apple, and he said that she is sexy and fragile. Definitely too fragile for me. Manson elaborated that he was a huge fan of Apple's music and that. If I was ever to put in a circumstance where I could have sex with her, I would decline because her vagina is probably too precious to be dirtied by my filthy cock. Isn't Brian weird? He's weird. That's just weird. That's a weird he thing also, to say about another person. He wrote, have you ever listened to him talk about other people ever? He wrote a song about her. Oh, he did. Oh, no. Called Buddy. Apple of Sodom. Yeah, I'm going to play it. Buddy. I got it. Sounds like he would not not decline. I don't mean this in like a in like an insensitive way. That sounds like the soundtrack to a sexual assault. I did not like that at all. <laughs> remember when he it's made remember when Tyler made us listen to an album by Marilyn Manson? I hope y'all really, really liked it. Oh god. I did not oh my I feel uncomfortable. He's weird. Brian mm. is weird. If you watch any interviews he does, he's just weird the entire time. He's weird. Yeah. 
you know, he, if he and didn't now make... he's old and has turkey chin, and he's weirder because he still has all the makeup on, <laughs> but he's all turkey chin like. You know, if he didn't I make music, know. we never would have had Columbine. <laughs> I've seen that interview too. That's the only interview he's not weird in, actually. He's a weird dude. You want to talk about uh, the other ones, that, the other collaborations she's done, perhaps? In, in 2019, she collaborated with King Princess on a cover of her own song, I Know. And then she did a song with Andrew Bird in 2016. Johnny Left, Cash, too, right? Left-handed yeah, I was waiting for the Johnny Cash one. Oh, yeah. I, forgot, I almost forgot about those two. Those are good. I forgot. Father and Son. Did you take those off of the... Nope. I took all of it off of a playlist. You have to find the actual playlist now. Where? Oh, man. Where are they at? I can just play it. Just do it. You done did it. It's not time to make a change. Just relax and take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl. Settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. I was once like I'm you a, are I thought, now. I thought it came in center. Where is it? And coming? I know that it's not easy. From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen. There's a way, and I know that I have to go away. That was a cover of Cat Stevens, Father and Son. And then she also did uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water with Mr. Johnny Cash. That was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Both on his albums. Hmm. I believe they're both uncredited. He just sounded lost. What are you talking about? I didn't like it. Those are some of his best recordings. Yep. The American recordings. That yep. song? Wasn't a fan. Rick Rubin. Hmm. Don't shake your head at me. You've well, been disappointing me. You didn't, all even know what he, you didn't even know what he said. All you're doing is listening to that somber guitar. Oh my god! <laughs> I like this. I like this bit this week. This is good. Uh, we haven't played Tyler's favorite track yet. At least let's do that. Uh, and, then you know, can, and then we'll uh, do some closing thoughts. You know, let me. It's almost like We're you didn't know this was coming. I did, but I didn't know. I've been debating the whole time what I want to choose. I think I'm just going to choose paper bag. Paper bag. Just looking for a star to pray on or wish on or something like that. I was having a sweet fix of a daydream of a boy whose reality I knew was a hopeless to be had. But then the dove of hope began its downward slope, and I believe for a moment that my chances were. Approaching to be grail, but as it came down it so did a weary tear. I thought it was a bird, but it was just a paper bag. So any closing thoughts that we have on Fiona Apple for this week? I'll let Fiona do her own closing thought. This is her performing with the Watkin family that are in the mood of the band Nickel Creek. It's two of the members of Nickel Creek, and she did on the NPR Tiny Desk. She was featured. Let's see if I can get this going here. There are some howly moments. (laughs) 
Did you like wow. that, Dex? Woo! <laughs> That was for Jared. Everyone, thank you. I'm big. <laughs> Everyone go follow Joey's World Tour on YouTube. He's our sponsor this week. <laughs> Give us some shirts to sling or something. Yeah. We love you. Ooh, love Tyler, any closing like thoughts on your end? Things. No, I don't think so. Dax? Nope. All right. This is one of my, my favorite weeks, I would say. I'm always going to like female weeks. So cool stuff. Cool stuff. I'm going to close out. Here we go. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. We've been talking about Fiona Apple. Next week, we're going to be talking about LCD sound system. Tune in and stuff. Once my lover, now my friend. What a cruel thing to pretend. What a cunning way to condescend Once my lover, but now my friend Yeah, now let it get to the course.